to my Dissecting the Bible podcast. Hello. Welcome to Dissecting the Bible with uh, your semi-co-host, Alstello and Medea, and our special guest, uh, Mrs. Naj, out of um, Eastern America. I'm out of Washington, D.C. Ah, oh, D.C. So yeah, that, that's what she did. Yeah, yes. I, knew, I knew that. That's what, that's what I was going to say, you see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, uh, Miss Nage. Are you, are you Miss Nage or Mrs. Nage? Sorry, this is... Mrs. Nage, yes. So, so you're married? Yep. Okay, yep. great. That's perfect. And she's our, she's our religious expert for today because... <laughs> <laughs> We are we are new to this. This is a new experience for us. This is a new journey, and we're hoping to learn a lot. And hopefully, at the end of it, become Christians. I guess that's the the goal. That would or be least, great. That is, or, or at least knowledgeable, at least, so we can pass <laughs> the word of God on, basically, from what we learn. Hello, Medea, are you there? Okay, she's vanished. Somewhat. So yeah, um, you. I'm assuming, Mrs. Nard, you've been um, a, going to church for all your can life. Can you hear or? me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Yeah, oh. we can hear you now. Lovely, thank you. Um, Mrs. Yeah. So yeah. So have I been going to church all of my life, Alastalio? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Actually, I I grew up. Um, my my grandparents were were ministers. Oh, okay. And. So um, when we spent time with them, which was often, they made us go to church every Sunday. And then we had to go to Bible study on Tuesdays. Okay. And then prayer service on Fridays. Um, But that was as a kid. And then, you know, as as I ventured off on my own to college, Mm -hmm. I kind of started to experiment with everything, you know, um, I went through a period where I want, was interested in some of the mid the Eastern religions. So I looked at okay. Buddhism. Yeah. And, and then, you know, there, I went through a period where I believe there was no God. Right. And so then I came back to, um, Christianity because my own belief was that I had to believe in something strong enough, so much so that I I could teach it. So if I didn't believe in it enough to be able to teach it and share it with other people, then there was no point in me believing in it. And Christianity was the only thing that resonated with me in that way. Um, So so I'm just sharing all of that with you to say that everybody kind of has their own journey Mm -hmm. of how they arrive at their faith. And that was kind of, my journey and the and, and and it was filled with detours and so on but it, it made me believe in this even much more so okay i'm actually really happy you explained it like that because like i would say in my journey um i'm at buddhism at the moment just like you were um and that's where i feel like i'm my whole my belief resonates with at the moment so it, it is basically like like your journey took you to Buddhism and now you kind of come full circle back to Christianity. Uh, it might be exactly where I'm heading as well. I don't know. I'm still like people are talking to me about Islam and stuff like this. So I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, 
I want to figure out which one sounds more like official is probably the wrong world word, but you know, the one that resonates more with me. Um, so yeah. Um, Medea, are you there? Um, yes, I'm here. And I, the, where I'm at at this moment is I believe in my God. And the reason why I say my God is because my, my God, I don't do not believe in the God that everyone's telling me about in the Bible, because when I read about the God in the Bible, it's not, it's not really associated with love. It's always associated with worship me or you're going to hell, worship me or you're going to, um, you, you're going to suffer. You've always got to be in fear. You, he, he smites you. It, it, it's uh, floods. It's everything that's negative and wrong. So to me, I've been questioning for many years now, what kind of God is always dealing out punishment in that way? Why, just because you may not worship him, he, he's going to throw you down into burning hell where you're going to burn eternal with your soul. I'm sorry, I do not believe in that particular God. The God that I believe in is pure love. I'm sorry, I cannot take on what the Bible has been saying to me since I've been a nipper, meaning a little child. I do not take, this is why I'm questioning things in the Bible. I'm questioning why over the, the, the centuries, the thousands of years, people are taking it literally as stated in the Bible. And why can't they ever look at it from a different angle? That's where I'm coming from today. Okay. Medea. Yes, can, I'm listening. So I, I think I think you bring up some very great points and I can relate to that. Everything you said, 100%. Mm -hmm. um, the way I was raised there was a heavy focus on all of the things that you just mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of faith, right? It was all the condemnation and, and it was the focus on you couldn't do this and you shouldn't do this. Yeah. And so that is where my journey started, Medea, because as I, as I began to develop my own awareness and my intellect began to expand, I thought being a Christian is too hard. I will never live up to those standards. Yeah. And I don't want to worry about if I make the wrong move, I'm going to hell. If I yeah. make the wrong move, I'm going to piss off God. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, but here, here's what's here's what's the interesting component about that, right? So you hear all of those stories that you just talked about, Medea, in the Old Testament, right? Yeah. And after the Old Testament, it's like God doesn't speak for a while. Between there's a gap in time, mm -hmm. a gap in history where between the Old Testament and the new the New Testament, where God completely goes silent, right? Mm -hmm. Then enters the New Testament, and we hear of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. When I read the New Testament, especially the life of Jesus, it's completely the opposite of that. It's all about love. It's all about forgiveness. It's all about, um, no, like the Bible talks about, there is no condemnation, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think what God is trying to tell us here is what life would be like if we didn't have Jesus, right? All of that may be the case, but he enters this man that comes to save humanity. All I have to do is just 
love him and that's it right mm -hmm. that that's the sum total of of it is that um this man came to change all of that that we saw all of the condemnation all of the fear he came to take all of that away and so i don't have to worry about um you know making the, the the wrong moves or whatever the case is right i mean you you want to do the right things in life to be a good person of course right but um but there he doesn't condemn us i love the I love the part in the Bible. One of my favorite parts is when they bring the woman to to Jesus with adultery, right? Because they're going off of the Old Testament, right? They're going off of the laws. And the laws at that time said, if you were caught in adultery, you should be stoned, you should be killed. And they bring him to Jesus and they say, what do we do with this woman? She was caught in adultery. And the thing that Jesus does, which is powerful, is he says nothing. Initially, he said nothing. And his silence is something that shocked biblical scholars to this day, right? Because they were they had a different expectation. They thought that he was going to stone them, he was going to dish out some horrible punishment, but he said absolutely nothing at first. Okay. And then he goes into the next part, and I'm going to put it in my own terms, but who here is without sin? Who here has not made mistakes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I remember yeah. that. So I think I think I, I totally get you, Medea. I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. Okay, that's a very good good point. It um, is. It is. I, I think that. Um, do you think um, the Old Testament, for example, symbolizes the like one's youth, and then when there's the gap, and then when there's the New Testament, that symbolizes maturity. Do you think that could be a, a connection? Because that's what I was getting when I heard that. I thought, oh, yeah, when we're young, we're selfless, you know, we're, you know, courageous. We do, you know, we're, we make loads of mistakes, you know, we're ignorant. And at some point we go for a change, which I'm feeling like I'm going through now, you know, I've gone out of my youth. I've gone into my older ages now. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, actually, I see things differently. I think that's what the symbolism behind the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, like back in the day, like when the Old Testament was relevant, things were um how do i put it things were a bit more wild mm -hmm. then the new testament when jesus came he was like look you've gone past the wild stage now you gotta accept that you've grown up you know you you you've acquired knowledge you're you're more smarter now and well obviously you've seen today's affairs obviously we're not that smart but you know that's <laughs> that's that, that's what it is like we're, we're now wise enough smart enough you know, when we're past it, maybe that's, that could be it. That could be it. I think that's a good, I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we've matured uh, to a different level, but I, you know, I just, I just really believe that, um, you know, when you're looking, when we're looking and comparing and contrasting the old and the new Testament, it's, I, when I read the new Testament, I get a lot of peace, right? Mm -hmm. Because the Prince of Peace has come. So it's like the Old Testament pointed out this need for this Prince of Peace, this Savior to come. So, so in the, for example, in the Old Testament, when you committed a sin or you disobeyed the laws back then, right? Because they were heavily strict on the laws. Um, you had to go before a priest and you had to like cut 
animals. You had to make these animal sacrifices yeah. when you brought them to the priest. But aren't we grateful we don't have to do that? When, when Jesus came, mm -hmm. he took away the need to do all of that. So all we have to do is just have conversations with him. We no longer have a priest that is that uh, advocate for us. Jesus is now our advocate. We can go directly to him. Okay. I understand where you're coming from, um, Nas, but um, I slightly disagree because in the New Testament, it's still talking about um, the wrath and damnation because go to Revelations and it's all in there. Well, it's a, all revelations when when he when he's the revelations the new testament that's when the so-called second coming is supposed to happen was that know? prophecy though was that prophecy well, that is prophecy that is prophecy that's 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 the future the, the book of revelation um and and you can see some of this in the old testament too in daniel and and isaiah well, what I can tell you, and I and I and I trust me, I don't claim to be an expert on uh, eschatology, is what it's called. And it's, yeah. it's actually the study of the end times. But for those of us who are in Christ and believe in Christ, we don't have to worry about that. And that's the salvation. People say, "We're saving you from what?" We're being saved from that. So that's why you have people that are professing Christianity. That's oh. why, because we want to save everyone from that but so we don't Nas, we have a choice go ahead sorry Nas. um i understand what you're trying to say but this is where i come up on stock when it comes to god and to staying with revelation you mm -hmm. just said that those who believe in christ you know they don't have to worry about revelations but then i'm going to go back and say god is going to do the same thing he has done from the old testament right the way up to the very end he's always dealing with vengeance and damnation as a way of a punishment so how can i believe in that kind of god that's what i'm saying because why would you want to smite someone just because they don't believe in you I'm sorry, I don't agree. God is supposed to be about love. Revelations is not about love. It's about spiting and malice to those people who don't believe in God. Now, if he's given you a choice and you're saying, well, I choose not to believe, why should you punish such a horrific ending because you choose not to believe when he gave you the choice in the first place? He's basically put you in a corner. It's a fear. You either believe me and reach this so-called heaven or you don't believe me and you're going to suffer. Your soul is going to burn in eternal hell. I'm sorry, Niles. We're not going to agree on this one. <laughs> I do apologize. We're not going no, to agree on this no, one. No, but let, but let me say this, Medea, and, and, I, yeah. and I love your passion behind this. So yeah. here's the thing. We were created for love. Mm -hmm. And a big part, I love, you know, as cliche as it may sound, we were made to love, right? But a big part of that love is God wanted people to be in relationship with him, right? And I see that through and through in the Bible. Like, he just wants us to be in relationship with him and communicate with him, right? And so he gives us free will. We have free will. We can choose to take his way. Or we can choose to take, you know, whatever other alternative. But here's the thing, though. He's always calling for us. He's always pursuing us. He's like that lover that just won't go away. <laughs> yeah. That's so 
that's so. always loving us. That's always with good things. He's, he's pursuing us with great things. Like the fact that, Medea, we're all still here with all of the things that are going on in this world. And I know you guys have heard about all the drama we've had yes, yes. in the United States. Yeah. We're still here. We're still alive. We're still oh, here right? another day to love on each other and love on our loved ones, right? But even in all of that, even in the pursuing, it doesn't stop there. So in the book of Revelations, right, before there are so many different chances we have to, to get it right and love on God. That it just, it's not just, you know, snap, you're, you're, you're cast into this damnation. Even through all, through all of the trials, there's different levels that God has put in there where we still have an opportunity to turn around and to come to him. Like we were created to be his, right? We were created to, to love on him. But when, when Adam and Eve made that choice, when they ate that apple, that, cho- that totally changed things for us, right? Why, sorry, Naj. Why Go would God put two weak people <laughs> into that sort of situation knowing they were going to fail? So that means he wanted to toy with these people. He wanted these people to fail so he could create this big drama that has lasted for how many thousands of years where people are suffering and people are, are, are scrambling to, to believe something that's very hard to believe. You, you, do you see where I'm coming from? No, it, I get it. I get it. But I, but I think all along God intended for us to have free will. He wanted to give Adam and Eve a choice. He wanted us always to have a choice. And I get it. But here's the thing. Free will is, you know, it's great. We want we want free will, but it's 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 you know, it's a it's a good thing to have choice, but then it's a bad thing because you look every day, right? We ha- we had a police officer in the United States that sat on the neck of another human being I know. for eight minutes. But that was his choice, right? Yes. He made that choice to do yes. that. And even though people were telling him, even the people, the bystanders in the street would say, get off. Get off. He didn't listen. But he didn't listen. So mm-hmm. it's the same principle um, that's, that applies here. Like God gives us free will, free will, even though he may be saying, listen, don't go the other up, go the opposite way. This is a better way. But he still gives us that choice. Naj, I'm going to jump in there again. I mm-hmm. understand. Be with you 100% on what you've just said. However, there's a question I'd like to put to you. Is given man free will? Right. What about those people who live, I'm going to use the terms godlike. They live godlike, but they don't worship God. So when I say live godlike, they live a humble life. They are good people. They've not done anything to anyone. But because they are not, it's drowned in the blood of Jesus. They've not been baptized. They don't go to church. They don't necessarily pray. But they would do good as if someone in church was doing good. They do the same thing. Those people are going to go to hell just because they don't, I don't worship God. I don't God. think so. Sorry, I'm just going to say, I don't no, think so. No, no, no. This is what we... This, um, um, if you go to... This if, is what we were grown up to believe. Yeah, but believe I think now me. that's... that's the, yeah. I think that's not true, though. I don't I agree. We live with a good life. I'm asking, I'm asking Naj this because they. I have heard this from... I was a little nipper. 
that, you know, for you to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have got to be baptized. You've got to be, you've got to be showered with the blood of Jesus. You have to be. So that means the people who are good who have not been showered, they're going straight to hell. That makes no logical sense. Yeah, but that to means, me. that would mean, sorry, I'm Naj, just. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, go ahead. That, that would mean people who worship God in other religions, like Buddhism, for example, who worship, I mean, they worship a different kind of God, but still worship God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Muslims, mm-hmm. you know, they, they worship the, apparently the same God, mm-hmm. um, but have kind of a different way of going about it. All these guys, because of Christianity, all these guys will go to hell. Exactly. Everyone who's not following Christianity, but that's not true. That, that can't mm-hmm. be true. It can't be true. You know, it then you cannot got, you got the be Sikhs, true. You got the Sikhs, you got the Hindus, you got mm-hmm. all these other like different kind of religions. So I think it's not like that. I think that's why I'll you got to have your own connection Sorry, to God in a way. Yeah. And then as long as you're living a good life, um, and you know, I think if, as long as because everyone's heard of Jesus, everyone knows Jesus, even Muslims okay. know about Jesus. So I think as long as you're living a good life. And you know of Jesus' word, and you're trying to live that life. I don't think it matters if you got your head dipped in water or anything like this. I think it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think, anyway. And I like I'll to tell you, sorry, darling. That's why I asked the question last week. You know, when he, in in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not put any god before this god. Mm-hmm. I asked that question. How do we really know? Because the fact that he that God had to say, thou shalt not serve any other god. We've put any other God before him. That tells me that there's more than one God. So what I'm trying to say is, how do you know that there aren't different gods for different races? And just because some devious person came along and decided to, to brainwash people to believe there was just one God, we, we, that's why things have gone wrong, so badly wrong, because we believe there's just one God. I'm sorry, I don't believe there's just one God. I actually don't believe it, and I'm being totally honest. So, so here's my here's my take. On, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me on all of that. Um, ba- going back to a couple of things you said, yeah. baptism does not save us, or being sprinkled, or whatever. That exactly. is just um, <laughs> cool. that that is just an expression, right? Mm-hmm. That people use um, because Jesus did it. People do it. Um, I'm sure there have been plenty of people that walk this planet um, that have not been baptized or did not get baptized and they still made it into heaven, right? So that has <coughs> that has nothing to do on where our, our eternity lies. That's just an expression to show the world, hey, I am now amongst the children of God. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse that God for that. <laughs> right. Yes. So. But um, so I, I, so to get to heaven, all you need to do is believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then I'm going straight to hell. Then. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm admitting it. I'm the going is, straight to hell because the, the, I do not believe it. The thing is, where I have problems with that is because, like, obviously, Naj is I believe mm-hmm. African African American. I believe. Yep. Yep. Um, and the image that we're shown of Jesus doesn't resonate with me. Neither me. Not at all. I don't believe I look at this guy. And I think like, guy. Why would this guy? <laughs> well, the thing is, we can't always assume that back then it was like racist. We can't really assume that back then it was racist. Mm-hmm. You know, like racism's gone back four hundred years, but doesn't. We don't know if it went back two thousand years. True. But this guy here, <laughs> after all of our pasts, our history, 
is the guy we're looking at as our saviour, although he's looking like the oppressors, you know. So that's the reason why I have trouble connecting with this Jesus. If you put a, a, a darker skin guy there, I'll be like, yeah, man. He could have been, <laughs> he, he um, been the guy, man. That's you know? not my issue, Alistair. <laughs> Mine is that, to me, this, so, this so-called Jesus, I believe in my heart of art, was no different to someone like Martin Luther King. No different. Someone who just came to give good, good news, tried to encourage people to do better. But that's as far as it goes with me. I don't believe in this heavenly thing. And you, you, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't believe. I don't believe he, he, God sent him to, to die for man and to wash away their sins. That's a lot of rubbish. I think he came and he was good. And just like Martin Luther King got um, assassinated, that's what they did with Jesus. But for some unknown reason, they've carried it through the generations to believe it's something more than that. But that's my oh. honest opinion. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go back to what you said, Alistair. Yeah. Um, so I think that is a barrier to a lot of Black Americans or, or a lot of Black people that are walking the, parent, the, the, the planet in mm-hmm. terms of connecting with Jesus, right? Because um, our Anglo-Saxon and uh, European and white friends, you know, they, they painted the picture that he was this, you know, pale-faced guy with, you know, the, the straight, fine hair, right, that looked like them. Yeah. And then in addition, they used the Bible, many of them used the Bible to enslave us, right, yeah. and to keep us captive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that, that is sort of a barrier. But, but here's the thing that we have to realize. First of all, we can't allow anyone to take what was meant for everybody on this planet away from us, okay? That's, that's the first thing. And if you look back at slavery, look back at our history, okay? It is that strong belief in God. It is, the, it, it is that faith, that hope, that helped the slaves, that gave the slaves the courage to free themselves, right? And, and a lot of those conversations, I was having a conversation with um, several people yesterday, those conversations that the slaves had about how to revolt, about how to get their freedom, came in church. They would go to, a, to church and they would have those discussions. So that is a big part of us that is a big part of our history, and that is a big part of our community, that we can't allow um, people to take away from us. We, you can look in the Bible, and it describes how Jesus really looked, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and we have to paint our own picture for us of how he looked, and not even get caught. Let me take that back. We don't even need to get caught up in a picture and, and how he looks because at the end of the day, those things are human. Like those, th- the way we look, our skin tone, all of those things are human factors and, and they will eventually pass away. But Jesus is beyond that. He is bigger than that. Okay. So we, 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 ha- we have to understand who Jesus is for ourselves and not who he's been painted to be for us, if that makes sense. And then, you know, um, a lot of people um, believe the, the same way you do um, in, in terms of uh, 
Jesus was a good teacher, right? And 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 C.S. Lewis, I, I love reading um, his books because he says Jesus never left that up for debate whether or not he was a good teacher. Like he know it, it was like Jesus knew he he was a good teacher. A lot of the things he taught us now, centuries and centuries ago, are still utilized today. I mean, look at us now. We're in 2020 and we're still talking about him, right? Yeah. So he never left that up for debate, but it's he wanted people to use faith, right? And it, it takes a lot to believe in this because if, if, if you think about it in your in your rational mind, someone dying and then you know three days later they're gone. <laughs> he was sense, in a coma. Right? Yeah, it's like that. He was in a coma. He was in a coma. He was right. in a coma and he got, he, and that took his body and he nursed him back to health. It's as simple right. as that. There was no big miracle where he came back from the dead. I'm sorry. It just wasn't. But, but I think you make a great point. I think yeah. you make an interesting point is that it defies science, right? Mm-hmm. That, that is where, that is that area where, you know, Christianity and science, we, we, we wanted to coexist, but that area right there, like there is no, scientists that really can explain that away you get what i'm saying so that's why it requires us to have faith mm-hmm. to really believe in jesus i don't think he i don't think he wanted it to be an easy thing like if he did i mean jesus would stand right here in in my office and say hey it's me i'm here you know but let's have a conversation you know? but he wanted I think he wanted us to, to stretch ourselves a little more to believe. But why though? But why we're only mere humans? We're not angels. We're not God-like. Although God did create us in his image, you know, it, it, to me, it, I'm sorry, but this whole mystical thing of God not wanting us to see him, um, we've just got to believe in blind faith. I'm sorry. It's to me, I look at it as simple as this. If you want me to buy the product, show me a reason why I should. And I don't want to do blind face. You're not going to tell me to buy um, double glazing and not see the product and not see how it works. I don't want to hear blind faith. I want to see the real thing. It's as simple as that. And you can. And how am I going to see it? Well, (laughs) some people, you know, like some people say from inside, you hear the voice of God speaking to Mm -hmm. you from inside. Mm -hmm. If you stay quiet and meditate, maybe a little bit, Maybe Naj can tell you a little bit about her time being maybe a Buddhist or at least exploring Buddhism and that you have to like meditate and stay quiet and learn to mm-hmm. listen to the inner self. Maybe that's what you should do and then maybe you'll find your connection back to because somehow Naj made it back to Christianity going from Buddhism, which mm-hmm. is where I feel like I will probably stay. Yeah. But obviously something else kept pulling her. You know, maybe that was the inner voice. Mm-hmm. So, so I think there's a difference between blind faith and genuine faith, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm from the south of of the United States, and Christianity and religion is is I, I, you may have heard of like the Bible Belt states because it's just embedded in everybody in the culture. Everything is you know, Lord have mercy, and you know, if you ask someone how are you doing, oh I'm I'm blessed and highly favored. Like everything is about faith and religions. And so people began to follow blindly, 
right? Mm -hmm. Without any research, without any true knowledge. It's just because that's what they've been taught, you know? Yes, yeah. Part of the culture. So they just fight. They just think that. They just believe it, right? And so that's why I feel like the journey is so important, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's where you develop more so of a genuine faith in Mm -hmm. God. For me, I'm at the point in my life where I have more, I have embraced more of a genuine faith. But here's another thing, and and it kind of alludes to the point that you were making, Alistalio, is that he can show himself to you. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to come sit down and plop right, you know, in front of you, right? (laughs) But I know I asked him, I was like, listen, if you are real, if this stuff in the Bible is real, I need you to show me. And it was through miracles and experiences and, and, and situations and even the people he put in my life that helped me, that, that he was able to show himself. He was also able to show himself to me through the Bible, because if you really begin to read and study the scriptures, right? And let me say this, this is one thing that all religions give us, is it gives us a, a way to kind of make sense of the world, right? And it also gives us um, a, a shift, that paradigm shift in thinking. And so when you really begin to, to study some of the scriptures and it starts to change the way you perceive the world and perceive the things that are happening to you, it's like, oh, wow, this thing really does make sense. So, I, so I'm saying all of that to say that, yes, it takes a little bit of stretch in your faith, but Jesus can help you with that stretch, stretch because he can reveal himself to you. All you got to do is just ask him. All right. That's cool. I didn't answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do respect what you're saying. I do respect what you're saying. Nadia <laughs> <laughs> okay, winning. Nadia winning. her beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. It's immovable. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, um, see, that's some homework for you to do. Um, definitely, Medea. The thing is, I've got to be honest, when I, when I start to open the Bible and I start to read it, the first thing I'm thinking is, Lord God. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. This, this is scary. This is some scary thing. I, I don't think I can deal with this. I'd rather... I think you just got to go for it. I, I personally don't want to go through it. I mean, I really, I grew up, it, just like Naj, I grew up having to go to Sunday school and going to ch- church. And yes, my mother passed and she was a, a Christian when she passed. God bless her soul. But I felt like it was fear all the way. It was about fear, you know, and I, I don't see why I should worship a God who I'm only worshiping because I'm fearful. I want to worship him because I feel this love and it's something I want to do. That is why it's very difficult for me. So then, so then I don't want him, to feel forced. Then ask him. You can go every night and pray and ask him. But the God I speak to is loving. <laughs> Well, there you go then. then he, maybe the, that's him. That's what I'm saying. The God that I'm speaking to, because I do pray, but I don't believe in religion. I don't believe in the Jesus thing. I believe a man did come along. I do believe he was on the same level as, as I said before, someone like Martin Luther King. I do believe he came to tell us to do good, and, and he was very intelligent. 
but that's as far as I believe. I don't believe I should worship this person. I personally don't. Just like I don't believe the three in one, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I don't believe in the, the, the Holy Trinity. I don't. I really don't. And I don't think anyone's going to convince me. Well, let's um, quickly go to our, our main topic of discussion, which was Genesis uh, chapter one. Or did you want to answer? Before, can, can I say that? Yeah, say something yeah. real quick. Okay, yeah. yeah so, so Medea, I want you, here's what I encourage you to do. Yeah. I encourage you to start reading at the New Testament because you're, you're going to feel the way you feel if you start in the Old Testament. Start in the book of Matthew or Luke. Luke is very easy to read. Yeah. Just start and see what your thoughts are. Go in with the open mind and oh, see what your thoughts are. And then, and let me tell you another thing, and you'll learn this as you're reading. Jesus doesn't like religion either. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> he, he, does really not, he does not, yes. Because in the Old Testament, those were a lot of religious customs, like going to, you know, uh, sacrifices on the third Monday of whatever day, you know, so those were a lot of religious practices and they saw how those were holding people back, right? It stops you, you stop worshiping God and you're starting to make an idol out of these religious practices. So that's where Jesus comes into the picture. He says, it's not about religion. I don't want you, if you don't, you know, yes, it would be great if you go to a church, but you don't have to go. If you don't feel like it, don't go. You, you love me. Love me. That's his saying. That's what he's saying to us. Love me. But go ahead, Alistair. I'm sorry. I just wanted to share that. That's fine. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about, um, obviously, Genesis chapter 2. That was not, um, sorry, chapter 1, okay. uh, number 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Okay, so that's what we want to talk about today. That was the main topic of discussion. Yeah. Midea has um, reserved opinions as usual. Yes, I do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so God created man in his own image. Yes. This is, uh, the thing is, he starts off, I believe, is we will make them in our image, which was always plural. So yeah. That lends that to the idea that, yeah, there was more than one God. Mm-hmm. So God created man in his own image. We are, does that make us God then? That's Somewhat. what I wanted to ask. <laughs> I th- I, so I think it makes, it definitely makes us God in his image, right? Mm-hmm. God really, his intention was for us to be like him in every single way, right? Mm-hmm. But then enters uh, those weak people that you talked about, Medea, yeah. uh, Adam and Eve. When, when they made the choice that they made, we lost some of that. Right. Because now we're not eternal like God. We are not unchanging. We are not omnipotent. We're not holy and so forth. Um, So that's what happened to that. We lost some of our God likeness. We're still like God in the sense that, you know, we are we are the superior of all of the the creatures on this planet in the sense that, you know, we have wisdom, we have cognitive abilities 
that other creatures on this planet do not have. We have the ability to have rational thought. We have spiritual capacity and we can have a relationship with God. Um, but we unfortunately lost some of the godlike character that we were intended to have. Do you think that's the reason why um, a lot of men and women take it to a whole new level and actually believe they are godlike? And then when I say that, I'm talking about things like celebrities. Do you think they've took it literally and they believe they are godlike? Or, or Donald Trump. Or, or Trump, like this. yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm really being serious about it because, and the doctors, because they believe they have the right and, and to control and to make our decisions for us. A lot of these people, what, 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 what we say is up there. Do you think they've taken it to a whole new level when they said God, when it says God made man in his own image? Do you think that's what they believe in their mind? Why they you know, are the way they are? I think, so, you know, there are some religions that really believe that. I, I think there are some mm -hmm. religions that do believe that um, we are all gods walking on this planet, right? But if, if we're a god, then why am I going to die? And, that, mm -hmm. and, and no one's resurrecting me, right? Um, in three days. But um, I think that, you know, some like celebrities and... You, Donald Trump, some people are suffering from something called narcissism. Mm -hmm. Some people um, have, are just full of pride, you know, and especially when you have a lot of money, right? You, you begin to think um, you don't need God. You don't need anyone because you have all of this money. Like look at Jeffrey Epstein, right? Yeah. Um, he was doing all sorts of stuff because his money allowed him to do that. Money sometimes can buy people silent. Um, so I think that's where some of that comes from. And also, Naj, can I ask you, you know, some of the preachers and pastors in the church, mm -hmm. do you think some, not all, but a lot of the congregation, they get, they mix up worshipping God with worshipping the pastor? Oh, yes. I, I actually do believe that, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I, I absolutely do. And, you know, because I think people, you know, sometimes pastors, you have certain pastors that have uh, a lot of wisdom, right? And so people think that they're closer, the pastor may be closer to God than they are, or they can hear from God in some unique way that they can. But, we, but we've seen time and time again that these people are humans, right? Mm -hmm. they, they get caught up in their own their flesh, their own devices tend to trip them up. I mean, we've heard of pastors being involved in extramarital affairs. We, we you know, uh, doing all sorts of things with money and so on. So that that are not in, that are not even legal. So I so I do think that God has used some pastors to show us that they are humans, right? Um, but yes, there are there are people, and especially when I was growing up, when I was a kid. People worship the pastor. But, yes, you know, they do. But I think some people are, are starting to get a little more wiser and realize that, you know, pastors are human. They go through their own set of issues. And we can be just as close to God as they are, you know? So, yeah. I think that is a good thing because the, the one thing that really bothers me, this is why I wouldn't step in the church again, because I don't see why I should leave myself hungry to give the church my money. I'd be very resentful, so I'd rather not go because God knows I don't want to give it to the pastor. I don't want to give it to the church. And then I'm hungry for the rest of the week at home and the pastor's living it up. 
so I'm sorry. Oof, it's just the way I feel and the way no, I feel. No, I understand. So, so here in the United States, and I don't know if it's the same where you guys are, right? Yeah. A, a church is typically under what's called a 501c3. That means they're, you know, nonprofit and they have certain uh, tax exemption status. With that being said, as a member of that church, you have a right to ask them and to see what their financials are. You can ask them at any given time. I don't care what church it is, the largest church on the planet or on the, in the country, I should say. You have a right to see where the money is going. Now, most churches that I've, I've experienced, they will send out something or they'll have a, a business meeting and they will show you where, you know, about 100,000 went to this or 60,000 went to that. But I, for me, in, in terms of giving to the church and paying my tithes and offering, I need to know, I love paying my tithes because wherever, whatever church I'm attending and where I'm paying my tithes to, I know where that money is going. So I, I will tell you, there's a church where I live and this pastor goes to, we have what's called laundromats. I don't know if you have that, but it's like yeah. wash clothes. So he will go certain Saturdays out of the month and put money in those machines, right? So that people in the community can wash their clothes. Cause he's in a community where most people are disadvantaged, right? So oh. he will do that. Um, so for me, that's important because I want to help and I'd like to give my money into a way into a, into a place that I know that's helping. Most churches have, they, they feed the hungry. Um, I know many churches, every Saturday, they're going out into the community and feeding the hungry. Many churches have food pantries where you can go in and get uh, a bag of groceries uh, once a week or whatever the case is. So it's important that we look at where the money is going in that church and not just assume because, and, I, and our assumptions are, are, you know, because we have seen people that have abused that, right? We have seen mm -hmm. churches that have abused it. You hear about churches, pastors buying private jets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's unfortunate to do when people are hungry. You know, God yeah. has called us to be humble. You know yeah. that, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, um, and I'm not saying that we need to be poor as, as, you know, leaders in the church and pastors and so on. But there's a certain level where you've got to be able to say, you know, this is a bit too much. This is a little, you know, this is a little ostentation because, you know, you're having a private jet, really, when you can just get on, you know, United Airlines like the rest of us. <laughs> Naj, hold yeah. that thought. Naj, sorry, Alstalia. Hold that thought there. I need to get to you for this one. Last week, me and Alstalia were discussing, and one of my things that I've questioned a lot is when Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. I go, I'm going to prepare, prepare a place for you. Now, I don't know whether it's symbolic or it means it literally, but you've just said that God wants us to be humble. So why should we be looking forward to a mansion when we're dead? That's what I want <laughs> to know. Because I think that he wants us saying he, we shouldn't put so much focus on worldly goods right because that's where a lot of corruption comes into place when we take our mind off of god and off of our afterlife and we start focus on obtaining and, I, and i've got to get this and i've got to get that and also 
focusing on the worldly goods. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, isn't that another good book to read? This book was written by King Solomon, right? He was David's son. This man still to this day was consider, is considered the wealthiest man that ever walked this planet. In the Bible, he says that anything his eyes saw, he did not deny. But then this man goes on to write the book of Ecclesiastes and says, all of that means nothing. He refers to it as grasping for the wind. And, and you can't grasp the wind, right? So what he's saying, it means nothing. He's obtained everything. And it really, it still doesn't fill that void in you. And he ends by saying, he ends that scripture by saying, seek God, because this is man's all, right? We're talking about a wealthy man yeah. who's saying this, right? So I think that God is say, telling us our focus, our rest, our peace is going to be on the other side. That's when we'll get to enjoy that without having to worry about uh, insurance and someone taking it from us and people being envious and jealous of us about it. But Nudge, mm-hmm. why should you have to wait till you, sorry, just when I think about it, these, these mansions, who, what are we going to live in the mansions with? We haven't even got anybody. We've got no, remember when well, the body's... actually all our family might be up there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, what are we going to do in these mansions? Because we don't need it. We don't need it because when I visualize... I mean, we, we, we must all have a vis- visual ability of what we believe heaven, the, the way we would perceive heaven to be. And when we think of heaven, a lot of us would agree that we're thinking of something similar to a beautiful park. Mm-hmm. Just imagine a beautiful park that's peaceful with all different animals that are, you know, eating the grass and the beautiful flowers and people sitting there, you know, at peace. Who the hell is picturing living in a 10-bedroom house when they're dead? It's of no... To me, it, to, to say that, in, it, you just listen to... You need to hear it, read it back and listen to that thing. In my father's house, there are many mansions. What do you want to... The same very thing that they're saying that we mustn't be looking at in the world. We've got to look forward to it when we're dead. It does not make no logical sense. And as Judge Judy says, if it don't make no sense, it ain't true. <laughs> well, you, I'm you sorry. Know, you, There's I, no mansions in heaven. <laughs> but, but so, it so, must so, mean something. No, it must mean something else. It can't mean mansions. as in Because the, when you look at mansions, that's something what greedy people on the earth have. Yeah. So why would God use that as an example? In my father's house, could have been in, I think it's I got to mean something else. It's got to mean something else. And I need to find out what it is. <laughs> because I'm not going to look for a mansion. I, I want to live in peace. I want to, no, rest in peace. That's the one I should be saying. I don't want to live looking for a mansion. I don't want to hurry up and dead because I'm going to get a mansion. You know, it, it's interesting that you say that, Madea, because I never really thought about the whole, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. going to be some 10-bedroom house. Exactly. That's huge. And, and, and mansion may be, you know, we, we think of it this way. You know, we're talking about a God with infinite wisdom, right? right? Mm-hmm. So his type of mansion may be something that on this earth, we have yet to comprehend yet. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it, it may be a mansion, not necessarily in terms of um, size, but in terms of 
style, I have to wonder if that's just the way, the, you know, his terminology for saying that it's something that our mind on earth can't even comprehend. Mm-hmm. Well, well, to look at mansion, look, if you try and dissect a mansion, you're looking at something big. So maybe it means in my father's house, there's many big things to do with love. Maybe that's it. Might be big things to do with peace, big things to do with love. I like that. But, but like mansion that should not be the word they used. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe there are no words to describe it. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. I think also we've got to remember that it was a translation from, is it Hebrew? Was that the original? Yes. That, that, yeah, the Greek, that part may have been the Greek. It, there's, there's Hebrew and Greek in the Bible. Okay, so yeah, we've got to anticipate that there was some mistranslation somewhere <laughs> along the lines. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I really do hope so. <laughs> okay, anyway, I think that's, that's I think it. We've covered, we've covered everything, the bases. Uh, Naj, thank you for coming on. I hope we can get you on again a bit further down, maybe in a couple of weeks. I'd love oh, yeah, to. this is great. I'd discussion. love to. Yeah, yes, I'd love to. Definitely. Um, Naj, do you, have, do you have a podcast yourself? I do not have a podcast, but I have written a book, The oh. Black Girl's Guide to Healing Emotional Wounds. The I looked Girl's at it on Facebook. Yes, to Healing Emotional Wounds. It's on yes. Amazon. Oh my gosh, please read it. It's on Barnes and Nobles, okay. uh, Books a Million. Um, I have, you know, I poured my entire heart out in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and and women are reading it, Alastalio, so you can read it as well. Okay. Um, and, um, do you have um do you have a link so I can put I will it? shoot you over the link. Yeah. Yeah, send me the link so I can put it in the description and yeah, I will try and get myself well, I will get myself a copy actually. Well actually no, I can't get myself a book, it's not for me, is it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, you men have read it, Alastalio. Men have told me it helped them to understand black women a little more so. Yeah, that's great. More. Actually, but I will gift it to my sisters at least. Give, yeah. give it to your sisters, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thanks a lot then. Um, Medea, you want to say the Thank final you. words? I'm going to continue believing what I believe. It's as simple as that. Then you know, today. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna no, I'm gonna say the last words. <laughs> we're gonna continue on this journey and we're gonna get yeah. to the bottom of this. Yes. And we hope at the end of it we'll understand more. I love it. I love it too. Thank okay. you all. Thank you. Thank all. you. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Bye. Take Bye. care, guys. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 Bye